You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. incredible series as a church at the moment and Pastor Keith, our senior minister, did uh, an awesome job kicking things off last week. But if uh, you weren't able to be uh, at church last week, I want to let you know we're in a series focusing around money. And you might say, well, why, why would we spend uh, the better part of a month looking at money? Well, I don't know if you've realized this, but money is a big part of our life. Practically, it's just a very big part of living in today's day and age. And if, if we are to uh, live in accordance with the things that we declare, which is that, that God is the God of our life, then we need to take time to explore, well, what does it then mean for God to be a God of my whole life? To be a God of not just my spirit world, which we tend to be really familiar with, okay? Uh, But what about all of the big practical areas in my life? What does it mean for God to be God of my marriage? What does it mean for God to be God of my friendships? What does it mean for God to be God of my finances? And so this this series, uh, I just want to let you know, it is not targeted around the tithe, okay? The tithe is is really, if we want to nail it, it is 10% of what we do with our finances, But I believe that God has a whole lot to say about actually how we approach the other 90% as well. God has wisdom on how we should live with that whole part of our life, not just the bit that we're used to hearing about in church. And so we will be a church that continues to unpack Scripture around the practical areas of our life. And we go to the Word of God and we're going to open it up because we declare that this thing is the truth that we live by. So even if we have been raised in environments where we have mindsets and thoughts and ideas that that might be very ingrained, but might be different to the Word of God, we are going to be a church that allows the Word of God to shape what we believe is truth about how we live our life. And so we should do that not just with the spirit areas of our world, but we should do that with the practical areas of our world. Okay, and so that is why we are taking the time to focus on finance. Now, In saying all of that, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, uh, I don't have it on the screen, so you're just going to have to trust me, is is 3 John 1 verse 2, where it says, I pray, beloved, that you would prosper in all things just as your soul prospers. Okay, And the reason I love that is because it reminds me of the bigness of life that God actually desires for me to have. Okay, If we take that to be truth, that God desires that we would prosper in all areas, we have to understand that it is not scripturally true to believe that the idea of lack or just enough is in line with God's purpose for our life. Now that goes for our, our health, that goes for our mental state, that goes for our, 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 our Our finances as much as anything. God's plan for us in this area, if we take the whole big picture, God's plan for us is that we should prosper in our finances. There is a fundamental blessing that runs all the way through Scripture since God defined a people as His own. One of the defining things that was placed on Abraham and therefore on the people of God, which is us, was that we would be blessed to be a blessing. 
right? Our blessing has purpose, but don't, don't not hear that in that, God's plan for his people is to be blessed. Thought I would have got some, some you know, more, more uh, encouragement on that, but that's all right. So the premise of our series, okay, the underlying big picture sense is that God's desire for you is to be blessed. God's desire for you is to prosper. God's desire for you to, is, is to have more than enough. Not for selfish reasons, but for generosity reasons. For, for generosity's purpose. I, I, would, I, would, I would struggle to be generous in the way the Bible teaches us to be generous if, if I am struggling on my own in the area of finance. Like we, we, we love the area, we love the idea of generosity, we love the idea of giving, we love the idea of being able to be a church that can practically change the life of someone, that can practically bring, bring transformation and freedom and, and blessing into people's lives. But we're, we're somewhere along the line, we start to be not okay with the idea of having enough money to do that. Oh, it's very quiet in here this morning. It's very quiet. I think Pastor Keith kicked it off and he said the same thing. Let's, let's read the Bible. So last week, Pastor Keith talked about this idea that money by itself is amoral. Okay, it, it isn't good, it isn't bad. Our approach to it and what we do with it places morality on it. And so actually, the, the descriptor of, of the, the goodness or the badness of money, how good were those words, is based on our choice in what we do with it. So we have the power of choice in determining whether money is used for good or money is used for evil. That is a big picture idea around money. That has nothing to do with your tithe. That has nothing to do with how you approach an offering. That has everything to do with how you see why you have money in your world as a whole. You have money in your world so that you can place a positive morality on that money and see it do good. So our, our kind of our series scripture is, is out of Matthew, Matthew 6, 19 to 24. And uh, I'm, I'm slowly upgrading. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to be reading out of the NIV this morning. I almost said New Living, but it's an NIV, I know. Praise Jesus, your, your pastor is maturing. So starting at verse 19, it says, Do not... Store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for your word. I think it is a book of truth and wisdom. God, I pray this morning that as we approach this topic, which, which can stir up all sorts of things in us, Father, I pray that your love and your grace would just go before every word that is said and that it would prepare people's hearts to hear what you have to say on this topic. God, we, uh, we want to lift up our Northwest campus. Uh, we pray for Pastor Darren as he 
brings a similar word. And God, we pray for our senior ministers, Pastor Keith and Janet, as they prepare to head off on leave. Bless them. Bless them. Keep them healthy. Help them to enjoy themselves. And Lord, we continue to lift up our mighty Newcastle Jets as they prepare uh, for a great season where we will prosper in the A-League. Amen. Amen. Everybody said? Come on. So growing up, I don't know about you, uh, I, had, I had one of my chores growing up was cleaning the car. Who can relate? A couple of people. Good. This story is going to resonate with about three people in our community. And um, I, I, maybe, maybe you're the parent and you have passed that chore on to your children. I look forward to the day where my children are responsible enough to do chores like stacking and unstacking the dishwasher. Come on, is that not re- the reason subtly why like, we think about having another one because we're still doing some of the chores and we're like, well, I obviously need another one to distribute a few more to. Um, it's not really the truth, but it resonates in there somewhere. And so... And so you would probably know by now whether it was your chore or you've distributed it as a chore. We use the word empowered because it sounds better than talking about slavery. And, um, and there, are, there are two types of the car clean, right? There is, the, there is the, the quick clean, which involves just the bucket and sponge and a little bit of detergent. Um, and it's like kind of, yeah, cool, I've got to get the outside done. Uh, and then there is, then there is like the, the whole Saturday clean. Where you're, where you're like making emergency trips to like, like auto parts and, and, and like super cheap auto because you've, you, you realize that you don't have your full array of spray bottles. You're low on your tire shine or your, your bug like detergent is getting low and, and you spend all day and you get, you get your leather interior spray out that I used to spray like just on fabric. I, don't, I never knew I knew what I was doing. But what my favorite part of that clean uh, was, was using the Windex on the windows. Is that, is that just like satisfy anyone else's soul when you use the Windex properly? Um, and I was a little bit of an a over-Windex user, right? So, so mum would, would be a little bit restrictive on the Windex. Um, and and I, I have progressed with society. I used to Windex and, and wipe with newspaper. Come on, who remembers that that was like the cloth of choice? Uh, about 20 years ago, apparently newspaper was clean, even though ink came off on our hands. Right? I don't know how we put those two together and thought it was going to clean something. Then, then we transitioned from that to like the kitchen paper towel. That was then the new greatest form of Windex-assisted cleaning product. And, and now, now I have been equipped. I say that because, because my wife equips me uh, to do my best in life. And so she, she has equipped me with a microfiber cloth. Can I get an amen? amen. Microfiber. Uh, I just, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and so I, I, I really love the, the, when I get to Windex or Windows, microfiber inside and out, and then get to just revel in the sun glare that comes through afterwards. But there's, a, and obviously I'd like to thank today's sponsor, which is Windex. Um, it'll be very, very... The thing about money, right, money is, it's the Windex of our heart, Okay. Uh, money has this way of uh, just like, just like uh, opening up the clarity of the car windscreen or the car window, money does a very similar thing with our heart. It has this capacity that allows us to see through flesh and bone into uh, what is going on inside. And, 
And if nothing else, that is a great thing to understand about money as a whole. Money as a whole has the power to reveal. And if you take notes in church, which I would highly recommend, title for this morning is Money Reveals. Money Reveals. Last week it was Money is a Moral. This week it's Money Reveals. You know, our heart is a funny thing. Our heart, and I'm talking not about the flesh and blood anatomical beating thing. I'm talking about our, our inner heart, that, that space that we, we, we don't know whether to call it our soul or our heart. Or, but what we do know about it is that, that there's all sorts of things that exist in there. Right? Out of it flows kind of all the fundamental elements of relationship. Right? Trust is a heart thing. Security, sense of security, is, is, is a heart thing. Uh, our dependence, love, intimacy, communication, the way in which we submit in relationships or honor in relationships, these are, these are heart language. These are heart terms. These are things that, that come in and flow out of our hearts. That's why Scripture tells us we should guard our heart, that, that all of the, the issues of life flow out of our heart. And and so when it comes to our relationships, the use of finance within those relationships will often reveal the authenticity, the depth, and the intimacy, right? If you're married here this morning, you would know that, that or you should, uh, have a large proportion of your finance that somehow seems to be going to, to uh, bless your spouse. That was way too quiet. Um, come on, I'm just going to help out some men. Find out, I have, a, I have a, a note in my phone that is a list, and it's, and it's entitled, Things Rach Likes, right? Hey, men like lists? Use your gift. And in there is a whole series of things so that I'm not just, I'm not just buying the same thing all the time because that gets old and shows you don't know your wife, right? Like, like variety shows that you've got a deeper level of understanding. Um, and, and so, and so I, will, I will often... Not always, often, send some finance towards one of those items and, and, and bless my wife. Because where my heart is, my treasure will go. To reveal it, money reveals that, that in the context of that relationship, there is love, there is intimacy, there is desire to, to honor and be generous. And so, and so the way in which we use money in relationships acts like a Windex revealing all of those things and how they're working together in the context of that relationship. Okay, uh, So money will reveal, I'm going to concentrate on the four things I believe money reveals. Money reveals trust. Money reveals what or who we trust. Money reveals how we feel about control. Who we are willing to allow to have control in our world. Or we could use a different word and we could use the word submission. Who are we happy to submit to? I remember when Rachel and I first got married, uh, the discussion came up around who was going to manage our financial world, and, and there's a lot of mutual discussion around that. that. But at the end of the day, like kind of any role uh, in, 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 in leadership, the, the, the buck has to stop with one person, and, and for our marriage, that's me. And so, and so if you were to peel back uh, and reveal Rachel's heart, there is a point of submission in finance in our marriage. And that doesn't mean that she doesn't have her own credit card and I lock away all of her ability to spend money. But it means that she has allowed me to take the lead in that area. Again, it's very, very quiet up in here this morning. Pastor's not just preaching fluff, all right? 
Come on, it reveals who we are willing to submit to or who we are willing to have control in our lives. Money reveals what or who we believe is our source. Money reveals that, all right? We may, we may actually not be aware of where we're at with some of these words, but I can tell you where you're at based on your approach to money, okay? And, and lastly, so we've got four. We've got trust, control, source, and the last one is love. Money reveals what or who we love, all right? I think, I think one of the great relationships to view this in is seen in, in any relationship where someone is in a role of authority over someone else, okay? So take the classic parent-child relationship, okay? Addie or Evie, you could pick one of the two. We don't know about the little nugget in there at the moment, but we'll see. Addie trusts me, okay? Addie sometimes lets me control him, but he knows that, that ultimately... Dad is in control of things at home and in the world that he exists in, okay? And to Addy, I am his source. When he wants something, when he needs something, he understands that, that dad provides that thing in his world, whether it's a snack bar or whether it's, whether it's a toy from the shops, in which case I'm not the source because the answer is no, um, okay? But, but he understands these things. And then on Father's Day, Addy... Addy, he's so cute. Like, he gets so pumped about the, the Father's Day gift they make at preschool. And he's like, I can't tell you what it is. It's a secret. Um, and then he whispers to me what it is, which is awesome. <laughs> but we, we see that Addy, Addy loves in the way that he gives in that relationship. Okay? And so, and so in, in the approach of a child and a parent, we can see so clearly these, these things in, in our heart. Money in our world is what reveals the depth of these uh, and where these are actually positioned. The way we, we operate money should reveal that God is the answer to who we trust, to who has control, to who we believe is our source, and to who we love. Now, I want to just, just correct something here. That doesn't mean that every ounce of our finance is spent in one direction, okay? Because God empowers us with wisdom. God empowers us with wisdom to know how to manage our finances so that when you look at the big picture of your finances, it points to the fact that you clearly trust God, honor God, love God, believe God's in control, are submitted to what He says in His Word about finances, and in doing so, are then free under those things to operate in wisdom. Okay? These are all issues of the heart and as we've said, they're all heart language. And so how we use our money reveals where our heart is in relation to our God. I fundamentally believe there is no greater thermostat to your Christian walk than how you use your finances. Because we can, we can give a lot of truth in Scripture, lip service. But there is, there is a real practical outworking when it comes to our finances. Sorry if you brought a friend this morning and you thought it was going to be like this real life. Whew. Everybody wins in life message. Um, if, we, if we look at verse 19 to 20, what we need to understand about the whole kind of context of this scripture is that, is that God is not saying don't have treasure on earth. 
Okay, he's not saying that that's, that's against his desire. He's not saying, you know, um, don't, don't ever be wise and build up wealth. He's, he's not saying any of that. You've got to understand the context here is a focus discussion. Jesus is addressing focus. We know this because right in the middle of the passage, we go money, eyes, money. Money, eyes, money. In the one discussion about money, smack bang in the middle, he starts talking about our eyes. He starts talking about what we're looking at. He starts talking about, and so we have to understand here that he is not giving us these directives, don't ever have any money on earth. That is not what he's saying. He is saying, listen, let me adjust your focus so that your perspective is that that your whole goal is not money on earth. Your goal is to have an eternal perspective, a God, a heaven perspective on your approach to finance. Okay, so he's talking about, let's talk about treasure in heaven. Let's talk about heavenly perspective. Let's view our finance from the truth that we are seated in heavenly places. And therefore, when we look down on the provision and the blessing that we have on planet earth, we use it according to a heavenly perspective. And so we approach our paycheck knowing this is from God. God, how do you want me to use it? Well, because it's from you, first I'm going to give back to you first fruits out of relationship, not out of compulsion. I tithe because I'm in love with God and I believe it's come from Him. And then I go, I've got the 90 left, God. How can I use it best for you? And I don't know any father, I don't know any parent that looks at their child and says, you can have no good thing ever. You have to give everything else away. It's just not good parenting. And so our Father in heaven, he's not like that. He's not like you can have no good thing on planet earth. We misinterpret that scripture and we build these, in, in, in these, these poor myths around money and somehow we think the church and, and those that are in it because the church isn't a building, it's people we think, well, we can't have any money on earth. How, how are we supposed to help the poor? How are we supposed to help the hungry? How, how are we supposed to bless someone with a car? Okay, how are we supposed to buy, buy a fridge for someone that's just uh, a refugee that's just come from another country? How are we supposed to practically show them the love of Christ in being able to set up their house when we go, well, I'm not allowed to have any money in my bank account? All right, it's, it's, it's a perspective discussion. He is challenging our basis of security. And he is saying that if your basis of security is on earthly possessions, that can be eaten away. That, 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 that can slowly, that, that stuff can come in outside of your control and, and can wipe out what you are saying is your security and your foundation in this life. But if your security and your foundation is based in the fact that, that God is your source, He's addressing our security. As I said, we can tell this from verse 23, which is talking about, about being deceived. It's talking about the eyes. What are the eyes doing? Where are we focusing? Is our, is our focus in the right place? And he's suggesting that if the way we view money is actually wrong, but we think it's right, then we're going to end up just living in this darkness all the time. We're going to live in this place where it seems like there's a void and where there's lack and there's never enough. If, 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 we, if we look and go, and we, maybe some of us have grown up in an environment where just enough was preached as scriptural truth. But just enough has no place for generosity. Just enough has no place for blessing. But the problem is that we grow up with these mindsets or, or we live in a household where mindset is, is spoken to us through experience and it's shaped and becomes formed. And what we think is light what we think is truth about money, what we think is right, isn't, but we don't know it. 
And so we live in this space of deception and kind of darkness over the area of finance in our world. And instead of recognizing that we have been blessed to be a blessing, seeking the blessing of God in our life so we can distribute it through our life, uh, instead of recognizing that God wants us to prosper, that God is for us, not against us, that, that, that God talks all through Proverbs about wisdom and wealth and, and how to do both well, instead of doing that, we live with these mindsets that we think are right but are really wrong. And until we go to Scripture and start unpacking this, the, 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 the truth of the Word for ourselves, we actually end up living with darkness on this area of our life. This is another bit of a money myth. Verse 24. You cannot serve both God and money. In, in, in some of the older translations, it uses this word mammon. And, and Pastor Keith talked about it last week. And mammon has been a little bit inadequately in translated to being the God of money. The God of money. And and we think, oh no, there's a, there's a God of money. Can I tell you something? There's no God of money. There's no such thing. There's one God. Okay, there is one God. There cannot be two gods. That, that undermines God, the godness of God. Okay? So, so, so first and foremost, we have to understand that there is not a God of money. Okay? If we believe that there is, again, we're going to have this incorrect approach towards God in our lives. What happens, though is that because, as we've discussed earlier, there's all of these things that should be attributed to God, trust, security, submission, control, these things that should be attributed to God through the way we use our finance actually get attributed to money. And so what we do is we elevate money like a God. So God, money is not a God, but the way we approach money can elevate it to that status in our lives. You see, for those of us that are Christians, these are all things, these, this trust and love and recognition, creation of security, stability, are all supposed to be connected to our God. But the, the truth is that for most of us, for most of us in this place, over the journey of our life, what happens is we, we, take, we take hits to our heart. Maybe when we were first a Christian, we didn't have very much. We are like, oh, God, I, I see what you're saying about like tithing our relationship. I love you. I realize how much you've done for me. You've saved me. I want to tithe. And we, we, we start tithing, and then, and then we go through this financial desert. And that, and that starts speaking to our life. That starts, we take these hits along the way. We lose our job. Oh, God, I thought you were my, I thought you were my source. Maybe you're not my source. Maybe you're not my source. Or we try to be wise and we invest in something. And then, and then like the share market plummets in 2008. Oh, oh God, maybe, maybe you're not in control of my finances. And life has this way of, of, of hitting us and dealing these kind of blows to, to our, our heart and our perspective. And, our, and, and, and what happens over time is if we're not careful, things in our heart to God and the way we approach money. We start taking it back. Well, I'm, I'm going to control it all. Well, I'm going to control it all. Well, I don't, I don't, well, you know, grew up in a family and, and you know, dad had the authority over money and, you know, he had a gambling problem and he went, he lost it all. So now I don't trust any authority with money. I don't trust anyone in a position of authority with money because they always use it badly. 
we get these, we get these, we begin to believe these lies that life has taught to us. We grew up in a, in a household. I grew up in a single parent household. And the first couple of houses we moved, we lived in uh, before we, uh, sorry, the first couple of houses that we lived in after we left my dad in Melbourne, we drove up to Port Macquarie in a station wagon with like eight pets, my mom and my sister. And we drove all the way to Port and it was a very exciting car trip because I'm pretty sure we had like chickens and all kinds of things in the boot. But but the first couple of houses we lived in in Port Macquarie, we, we couldn't afford to pay rent. So we, 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 we lived in one house um, because a, a, a lovely elderly lady was going on around the world, world, world cruise. And so she was like, well, you can house sit in my house while, while, while I'm gone. And, and so we lived there for a while and then she came back and, and so we had to move out. And this other couple uh, in, in the church that we were in, they were, going to, they were going to the UK for six months to see family. So like, well, we've got some dogs that need walking so you can come and stay with us in our house um, and don't worry about paying us rent. So we just house it, look after the dogs, which, which we kind of did, but not well because mum walked one of them to death, um, which was a real awkward conversation when they came back. But, but I grew up in a house where, where we were, we were, we were working hard for just enough. We were working hard for just enough. And sometimes life will preach to us that, that, that is, that's just how it is. I'm only ever supposed to have just enough. Can I tell you that, that that's not God's plan for your life? That's not God's plan for your life. It's taken me a long time for God to begin to, to rewire thinking around finance that He has called me to be blessed to be a blessing, that He has called me to, to have wealth, that I can be generous, that He, that he has called me to have a house that, that I can have people come and stay in rather than a house that, 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 that I can barely fit my family in because I don't believe I'm supposed to have a big house. No, no, I, I believe I'm supposed to have a big house so, so I can be a blessing for people, so that people can come and stay with us and live with us and, and those sorts of things. I'm, I'm telling you, you've got to have God rewire the way you approach your finances because He wants to use far more than just your tithe to bless people. He wants to use far more than just that small amount. Now, I, actually, I just I actually want to pray for some people this morning about this. Can we can we stand to our feet, church? Would that be all right? Let's, let's close our eyes for a second. Sometimes it can be it can feel a little bit embarrassing responding um, to to things like this, but can I tell you that there is, there is no condemnation in Christ. I believe God is here this morning. He wants to set you free. He wants to remove what has been a, a restriction on the way you think about the money that is in your world, about the paycheck that comes in every week, about, about the greater plan that God has for your life and for your finance. And so while every eye is closed, I just, I'm going to ask that if one of these two things resonates with you, that you would just wave at me uh, and then you can put your hand down. I'm going to pray for, for every person that responds. But I really firmly believe that there are people in here and you're like me. You grew up in a house where, <clears throat> excuse me, where there wasn't enough money. You grew up in a house where there wasn't enough money and now your whole prayer to God is, God, just enough. God, just help me pay the next bill. God, just help me. Just, just, I just have to get by. And that's a legitimate prayer. But I believe God wants to shift you this morning into a place where you stop praying just for enough and you start praying for what Scripture says is, is a seed enough that you could be generous over and over. And there is, there is something in your head that says that's not for you. That's not for you. 
that you're just going to be scraping by, that your life is just, just I just got to get the next bill paid, I just got to get the next bill paid. You cannot see yourself in a place where you have enough finance to actually bless someone, even if it's just with a coffee. The idea of actually just paying for someone else is such a foreign idea to you because your whole premise is, God, God, I just, just the next bill, just enough, just enough. So why have your eyes closed? Is that you this morning? Just, just give me a little wave. This is you're more just acknowledging, yeah, God, that's me. That's what's in my heart. I just, I can't, I can't see the bigness that you that you want for me. I can't see the prosperity that you want for me. Thank you, thank you. And I just, just go, yeah, God, that's me. And then you put your hand down. And the second one, the second one is that that in life you have had something happen where you can now no longer trust people in authority with money. You can now no longer trust people in authority over you with money. You don't, you don't trust your boss with the paycheck that he gives you. You check it every week. You're like, I'm, I'm, you're like, you're like counting the seconds to make sure. You just, you just don't trust people when it comes to money. And I don't know what the situation is, but I'm telling you, All that matters is that you go, yeah, actually, God, that's me. I really struggle to trust people in authority and you allow His healing to come. Sometimes it's not so much about about how, how the damage got there, but it's about allowing God to come and heal what is damaged in our heart. So maybe that's you this morning. Again, just while eyes are closed, just respecting people. It's, it, it's, it's just that type of a topic this morning. If that's you and you're like, you know what I do, I really struggle to trust people with authority. I struggle to trust them with my money. I struggle to trust banks. I struggle to trust the church. I struggle, I just, I struggle to trust people in authority with money. If that's you, why don't you just give me a little wave and you can put your hand back down. I want to pray for you. Last but not least, I want to pray for people. And, and you, 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 you might not be living in the just enough, but you carry a fear of losing what you do have. You carry a fear of losing what you do have. You struggle, you struggle, to, you struggle to get into that slipstream of generosity in case it runs out. What if it all goes and then I don't have enough? Can I tell you that that's, God wants to come and heal that section of your heart because that's related to Him as your source. You have a fear that if, you, if you're generous, it's not going to keep flowing in. It's not going to keep flowing in. And God wants to come and just remind you that He's the source of that river. It's going to keep flowing. Come on, Elijah went from a brook to a widow. God was the source each time. You might go from one job to another. God's still the source. As long as, we, as, long as, as long as we think He's not the source, we're going to worry, we're going to fear, we're going we're gonna to think that somehow we're going to run out. But can I tell you that when God is our source, we're never going to run out. We can be generous with confidence. We can be generous with freedom. And God wants to just come and heal that space this morning. So that's the third one. If that's you, why don't you just give me a little wave here this morning. Awesome. Yeah, I see that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your bravery. Thank you for your honesty. I'm going to pray. Father, right now for every person who's responded to one of those three things this morning, 
God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would begin right now to do a healing work in that area of their heart, Lord, in the area of trust, God, in the area of, of control, Father, in the area of you being their source. I pray for revelation in the name of Jesus just to begin dropping into their heart. Lord, I pray that as they open up your word, God, you begin to just show them all of these things that begin to rewire and reshape the way they think and the way they see finance, Father, in the name of Jesus. So God, I pray for each one of them. I thank them right now for their honesty and their openness and their authenticity. But for you, God, let that be an open door that you come through right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Awesome. Father, I just declare over this church that we will go from strength to strength in this area. We will be a church that is able will be a church that is able to be generous beyond measure. Thank you, Father. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been hearing a whole lot about God, about Jesus this morning. You don't really know who they are. You've heard about God, but maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Let me tell you that First of all, that the God that we've been talking about this morning loves you. He actually loves you so much that He sent His Son, who is Jesus. He sent Him to earth. And Jesus died on a cross. He was buried and He rose again. And when He did that, what He did was He took everything, every punishment, every point of guilt, every bit of shame related to any of the things that we have done wrong in our life in the eyes of God. And He made a way for us to be able to know God, have a relationship with God. You know, it says very clearly in Scripture that that if we believe in our hearts, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is who He said He is and that He did what He said He did, it says that it's that moment that we can enter into a relationship with God. I'd like to give you an opportunity here this morning. Maybe you've never been into a church before. Maybe you've been in a church your whole life. But, but when you look at your heart, you would be like, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of it put like that. I've grown up and there was a religion, but I've never heard it put that you can have a relationship with God. Well, I want to tell you, it's so simple to start that. It's acknowledging that you've done things in your world that in the eyes of God might be wrong. It's believing in your heart that Jesus is who He said He is. And it's confessing with your mouth that you would like Him to be Lord of your life. So if that's you here this morning while we're standing with our eyes closed, why don't you just, just give me a little wave like the other brave people did this morning and say, you know what? That, yeah, I would like that. I've maybe never had that. I would like that this morning. Right across this place. If that's you and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I'd like a relationship with God. I'd like to receive His forgiveness. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.